0: Mex Devs and Beer is recorded in front of a live studio audience and is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. you're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from Outreach Studios, you're listening to the Mex Devs and Beer Podcast, a no guts, no galaxy special featuring your
1: hosts, Phil and Darren. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy, Mech Devs, and Beer Podcast number 12. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is June 7th, 2013, and my shout-out, it's going to go to beer signs. Oh, yeah.
0: Got anything in yours right now?
1: Uh, yes, beer. It's actually <laughs> a wheat ale. Uh, I that's love what it. I thought.
0: Yep, I left my Heffa-Wisen. right. Hey, this is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil, and my shout-out today goes to the guys over at the Free to Game Podcast, if you have not checked it out yet. Head on over to free2game, that's T-O, not the number two, dot com. And uh, I think they are up to five podcasts now, the latest one dealing with that uh, MOBA, the new one, Smite. So check it out.
1: And I'd like to welcome all of our live studio audience members. We've got quite a bit here. And of course, everyone out there to our new listeners, whether you're riding a bike, I don't know, drawing mechs, playing with mechs. We all like mech porn. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. Yes, you.
0: And if you have
1: not checked out our new
0: website, check it out, no cuts, no galaxy.net and the donations are right on the right side. Also over there, if you uh, have any plans, do any shopping online, maybe Amazon.com or Newegg.com, or Tiger Direct, I think we have one there as well now, please help us out by clicking through the buttons on our website. It won't add anything to your bill, but it does give us a little kickback, help support the show. Thank you.
1: All right, so for guests today, we have Brian Ekman, creative director over at Piranha Games, as well as Paul Inouye, the lead designer. And uh, I just want to say thank you again for uh, taking time out of your day. How are you guys doing? Excellent. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) These are the the creative people. Totally deflating. We're all like, yay. They're like, yeah, go
0: on. It's because they're so tired of being so damn creative
2: all day, every day. I
1: was going to say, Paul's like, where's my food? I think it's because he had a play test, and we don't let him out for lunch when they have playtests.
2: Uh, well, we Torture session. All
1: right, so we're going to be talking about some some big things coming down the pipeline, and we wanted to get you guys on here and talk about it, get some uh, you know creative thinking going on, and, of course, some information for everyone out there for these topics. But first things, we've got two big things right around the corner for MechWar Online, uh, the implementation of 12v12 matches and the new user interface UI 2.0. Um, so I guess my question to, to Brian or Paul is uh, when can we expect to see these in game? Well, 12v12 is currently uh, exiting branch testing, which is
2: uh, our internal QA process, and is getting queued up to go live on our public test servers in the next few weeks here. Uh, It's a new system we have in place, uh, follows a slightly different method of progression from previous uh, features uh, where they would go through private, t- essentially just private testing with a limited public test with our squirrels. Uh, but now uh, with the public test servers, which are new, and it's a new setup, uh, we're going to be pushing 12v12 into that system and then live early July to mid-July, depending on how those tests go and the results. Okay,
1: so big thing I, I just took out of that was something about y- your public play test servers and that you guys are going to be pushing it to that so that's being implemented around the same time then, I assume?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a hardware setup. So we're actually uh, mirroring the production servers that you guys play on. So there's a bit of hardware time setup and some acquisition of new hardware, configurations, things like that. Real techy stuff that I really couldn't explain to you if I tried and if I did, I'd probably get killed by our tech guys. But that's what's going on right now. It's nearing completion. And then we're gonna start deploying uh, the 12v12 branch to that server uh, First, privately, just to make sure everything works, and then we'll let everybody in.
1: I was gonna say, with UI 2.0 though, um, do you guys have a timeframe for that? Because this is just for 12v12, what about UI 2.0? Is this next month, or is this like a few months down the road? Yeah, it'll probably start showing up on the public test
2: servers uh, mid to late August, and then we'll test for probably four weeks, uh, and then if everything's going well, and tracking well, and we don't find any major issues, it should push live uh, mid-September, early October, depending.
0: All right, well with 12v12 coming first, uh, let's cover that first. What have been the biggest challenges you faced adding four more battle mechs to each side? Like technical, performance, map size, um, whatever. What's been the biggest challenges for you guys?
2: Well, maps have always been designed for 12v12 from the get-go. We know that, say, Forest Colony being one of the smaller ones is gonna be more of a grinder, whereas uh, Alpine, which is our largest one, will have a lot more freedom for strategy development. All the maps are set up. So that wasn't a big concern. Mostly it's technical uh, and performance. Those are kind of the two big ones. Performance is tricky because, as you know, we've been constantly trying to improve the, the min-spec performance of our game. It's a graphically demanding product, and you know, with the physics simulations and the amount of network code, all the stuff that has to go on between the server and client, it, it takes up a lot of resources. And we're, we're more CPU-bound than we are GPU-bound. So that was one of the biggest challenges we had to overcome. There was a lot of networking optimizations that have, had to come out. In fact, most of those are out now uh, through the HSR state rewind system and there's a lot of other optimizations at the network packer packet layer which has to be done so rewriting some of how CryEngine does its networking and then also just simple things like uh changing uh the low spec settings graphically to be a little bit more aggressive uh changing how the mechs are built from uh guess a static mesh to a skin mesh or vice versa apologize the guys will kill me for not knowing that but anyways we're doing some
1: uh, art optimizations as well that help improve the performance so that's kind of the bulk of the work um i actually just had a question when it comes to the performance um, and specifically the art uh, side of things i know a lot of people uh, in the fan art section whether or not they're supposed to or not anyways dug around in some of the files and they've looked at the models and stuff and you guys have relatively high you know try count models um, is that something you guys look at internally to say you know hey um yeah like the atlas uh, is around double uh, of any other asset is that something you guys are going to focus on trimming down and utilizing um you know some technologies to cut back on the track count to al- alleviate the performance issues if you're going to toss on another four mechs on each side is that something you guys are going to focus on anytime soon yeah i kind of said in you know, my just my little
2: splurb there one of the nice things is we're actually not gpu bound, so a lot of what reducing the poly counts would do it, on certain systems sometimes the cpu bound, depending uh it doesn't really make a, a huge impact uh, we can push a lot of triangles now and with modern hardware and so it's not not always the culprit uh there's other things like physics simulations and the hud which are, are like the ui which are extremely cpu bound Those are where our biggest culprits are. In fact, a lot of the optimizations beyond just, uh, uh, you know, uh, being more aggressive with LODs, which is one way we can address what you just discussed, uh, uh, is texture resolution and other things, is actually we're focusing on optimizing uh, some of the HUD draw calls uh, and improving, uh, essentially the scale form integration, which is extremely costly to some users. Uh, In fact, if you actually hit, uh, I think it's F11, you can turn the HUD off and you gain quite a bit of performance back. And that's entirely just how, how it's written.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So pretty important as far as that's concerned, plus you're adding, you know, eight more people to a match. Um, I can definitely understand. So, um, now you guys did say that the technical aspects, the performance and map size, are you guys going to have like go back and change any of the maps? Like you, you mentioned forest colony, are you guys going to add a little, a bit of, you know, more out of bounds area. Uh, you know, push it out a little bit more, or are you just going to keep it and say, "Hey, this is going to be unique." It's we want it to be, you know, fast paced or close close quarters. Like, or, or is that what you're going for?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't think we plan to adjust them at all right now. Uh, with the play test, and this is what we're really excited about seeing what's going to happen is with our telemetry system and the heat map system, we're going to be able to see the difference with eight v eight versus twelve v twelve and see how people play. The maps differently with the extra lance, and then we, if we need to add geometry or if we need to cut off roots or do something different, there we'll be able to uh, adjust them as necessary. But right now, we're not anticipating having to do too much based on our internal playtests.
0: Sweet! So, um, well, then just in general, how will 12v12 change the game, or, or even will it?
2: It's going to change it. In a couple ways. Uh, the big one is there's just going to be more people and more targets and more destruction and more action, and the game's going to go fast. Uh, it is a concern. Uh, we have seen the game speed up. Uh, significantly since uh 14 months ago uh something we're trying to address through balance uh with the extra bodies on the maps it just means there's more focused power uh more people can use strategy to focus fire on specific mechs so i think that's one of the big things people will notice uh having the extra lance offers up for those who are really tactical like planning and plotting it really offers up that third option that you don't have right now that that lance that can stay back that lance that can go and flank left and flank right and have a center if you notice a lot of the maps have three routes now you'll have that third lance to actually go down that third route so I think it's gonna it's gonna change the meta play a little bit in terms of how people base cap and how people capture resources and just how commanders manage their teams so that's that's what we think. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens.
1: Now, uh, I did have a question with that. With the current state of the game, um, eighty-eight sometimes in random matches, and we've seen this. And if Garth was here, he could probably atone. We've seen um, you know random groups become very organized, and that's just obviously as new new players come in, they get gain experience, and so when they drop, you know, they use that experience. Uh, and matches, like you said, t- tend to go relatively quickly. And if that's the case, uh, you know, are you guys looking at internally possibly, you know, changing armor values or doing anything like that? Is that something that you guys may focus on? Obviously, you don't have to give details, but is that something that, you know you you have your eye on just in case?
2: Yeah, I'll let uh, Paul answer that because he actually has a good answer for it.
1: <laughs> Under the bus. I'm hungry. <laughs> no. What's up, Paul? <laughs> Uh,
3: yeah, actually one thing we are investigating is increasing the amount of health on the internal structure, so that's gonna bring in the gameplay of that space that normally happens between losing armor and then losing the actual component. One of the big things that's happening right now is like basically once you lose the armor, that component's considered useless because it'll get blown off very very quickly. Increasing the internal structure will lengthen that segment of gameplay and it'll start making things like torso twisting properly and keeping things that are weak armored, out of the way
1: a lot more prevalent. Okay, so uh, would we... Well, I don't want to go down too far because obviously we're going to focus on that, but okay, cool. Uh, we'll definitely we'll save that for another podcast uh, specifically. But uh, yeah, um, now with this implementation of 12 12 and there are a lot of people out there, is there any advice because you guys have done the playtesting, I assume in some of the playtesting. I know Paul you have. Is there any advice you can give to Lone Wolves to prepare for 12v12? I mean obviously you guys have seen the game play changes on closed internal testing and stuff. And even with that advice, what would you you know tell the, you know, competitive group uh, running 12v12 matches? Like what what would be a few pointers that you would uh, automatically, you know, throw out you've there? Already learned.
2: Yeah, I think uh with a Lone Wolf player, it's If you don't see a leader step up to try and be that leader, uh, I still see so many matches where nobody takes the commander role, and it's just surprising. Uh, It's so much more effective when you can assign, uh, you know, assign lances and tell them to go here and go there. Uh, I think on our side we have to improve some of the communication flow, which we've been doing over the last couple patches and even offer rewards to those players who are actually listening to the commander. But I think just stepping up to the plate, taking control, anytime I see somebody actually try to coordinate uh, their lone wolf group, it always ends up better. Because, you know, as soon as you have that focus and you rally somebody, uh, the game goes so much better for you. So that's, that's definitely my advice for the lone wolf step up try and take leadership if nobody is it'll be appreciated and you will have a better chance of winning uh for the group guys for the hardcore players i don't even need to tell you what's going to go on i guarantee they've already figured it out I'm sitting there on the forums <laughs> sitting in their it's chairs going oh i can't wait more. like well, right,
0: what these i'm guys... wondering yeah on the competitive side what i'm wondering is if people are going to blob more because you're you know you've got 12 uh, mechs shooting down whoever turns around the wrong corner, or are they going to use more lance type tactics? I'm sure this is something you can't really figure out with the testing. You're going to have to kind of put it out there and see what everybody does.
2: I think both are going to happen. I think you're going to see the blob for sure, Uh, but you're also going to see the blob's easy to counter. You know, if you use proper movement tactics, right? If you actually flank and, and get around the blob, you can affect pretty good damage uh, and be able to kind of pick at them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Now there's some discussion going on um, down below and it, it comes up from, you mentioned uh, the commander and uh, you know, I think this is a good side you know, thing to go off on. Um, I think it was about a week or two ago, someone out in the audience when we were doing the Twitch event was saying, Phil, you should take command and give orders and stuff like that well i like being in the thick of it and my retort to it was i can't you know being being in the engagement being in this fight i have to pull up a ui that's uh, at least in game that i can't give quick commands easily and effectively Um, is this something uh, i mean this is totally side you guys don't have to answer but um seeing this is is that something where you want to be able a commander to be in the thick of it and still issue commands? And if so, are, have you guys sort of uh, thought about that?
2: Yeah, we definitely have, and I'll let Paul kind of fill in some details of things he's been thinking about. But things like comros and you know being able to target stuff and assign uh, assign targets, yes, absolutely.
3: Yeah, just to touch on that, to help alleviate the problem of having to open up this whole new UI over top of the gameplay uh, one thing I was considering was forcing you to alt-tab out of the client and F- log into an FTP and then you can you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh what's one thing that you might notice is that we have not bound anything to the E key and that is where our hot commands are going to be going, so you'll be familiar with them if you've ever played Battlefield or even Counter-Strike, what have you, it'll just be like basically target somebody, press E, t-
1: attack my target, that kind of stuff. Cool. Gotcha, that, that would be really helpful. I'm just throwing that out there. That's one thing I was like, well, there's no way like I can do that really quickly and effective and without taking myself out of the fight completely. And in, a, in this game you take yourself out, it puts a lot of pressure on your other teammates to pick up the slack and, and sometimes you just can't do that. So thank you for the answering that. The
0: best it. use of that interface that I've seen so far is somebody that will just at the beginning of the match set up some waypoints or do whatever he needs to do to, to kind of direct the team. But once you're engaged, yeah, it's pretty hard to do that.
3: Well, just to quickly touch on what you guys are mentioning before of what's going to happen with competitive teams is that you're definitely going to want to split your team into proper lances and have either flanking lances, one that goes left, one that goes right, and then you have your third lance that basically swings back and forth between the two as needed, depending on the level of contact made by either group.
0: Gotcha. So to finish up with uh, 12v12 here, and then we'll move on to UI 2.0, what what can we expect down the road as far as matches and team play, uh, like more than 12v12? Or is this this your goal, or is that uh, a difficult question to I, I think time.
1: I think what he's trying to say, guys, is will we ever see like 128 versus <laughs> 128? I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, simple things. Yeah. No. yeah.
2: <laughs> I think for now, uh, I'm going to put my, my near-sighted uh, glasses on and just say, we're happy with 12v12. 12 12. That was our original goal. We feel that it offers not only a, a, a very simplistic lore concept, the concept of the company, uh, but it is a very nice balanced number that is about the size of most uh, PvP games of this type, and any more than that, we start getting into requiring quite uh, low, we have to do quite a few more adjustments to just like the spec and the, the way the maps are designed, and I think we take it to a place that is less match based and more, uh, you know, open world, and really that's not what this game is, it's definitely a session based game where you come in, you play a match and you exit, and we want to keep those sessions within a certain period of time you know no more than 10 to 15 minutes at the upper end, and hopefully no less than three or four minutes on the low end and so going bigger really would push us outside of that that core scope so that definitely is probably not going to happen Um, but uh, you know we're just going to continue to look at ways to create engaging gameplay within that 24-player cap whether it's odd-sized teams like you know, four lances versus two lances, or so on and so forth, something like that. We might explore that, but the rest, no.
0: Understood. Sounds good.
1: All right, so I think that pretty much covers 12v12. There's a lot of stuff, obviously, as it gets closer and you guys uh, release more information. And then, to to me, I feel like it has to go in-game. And the cool thing is, the one thing I like about that entire conversation we just had is... The public play testing so you guys are you guys listening right now are going to be able to participate in that and give feedback and i think that is a huge thing for you guys a huge resource to be able to put something out there and it be tested by you know hundreds thousands of people and uh, get a lot more data i'm sure but uh so that being said uh let's go ahead and move on to ui and specifically ui 2.0 And I guess this might be Brian, you've been posting up the UI 2.0 screens and stuff. Um, I don't know how much Paul has uh, behind the scenes as far as the design, but what do you feel is lacking in the current UI and does UI 2.0 cover that, address it, or fix it?
2: Yeah, there's, there's probably two or three big things about UI 2.0 that, or sorry, UI 1.5, where we're at right now, that we feel are a hindrance to our ability to deliver a, a really good experience. One, it's inconsistent. Uh, you know, a list menu in one spot is, say, like when you're buying an item, is done one way, then you go to another menu and it's, it's done differently. A good example is the lists of battle mechs and equipment versus the list of modules and uh, pilot skills and and consumables, and they're all different. And so the player has to relearn how to find something almost at every screen, and it's a little inefficient and, and not conduc- conducive of, of trying to train a new player how to play the game. So the new UI really focuses on standardizing elements so that the player, once they've learned how to navigate one screen, they pretty much understand how to navigate all of the screens, and things are always in the same place uh, on screen at all times. Uh, the next thing is, uh just the simple not being able to go full screen Uh, it was a limitation uh, of our implementation Uh, it was a decision we made early on to kind of follow suit of previous games that we had examined and uh, we didn't allow the ui to actually scale based on resolution and that's going to be in this game so you'll actually be able to go full screen and you'll also be able to go to much higher resolutions and have the graphics scale down uh, proportionately so a person with a bigger resolution will actually be able to see more elements inside of the list views Um, if you've gone and seen or had a chance to go to our command share thread you'll see a bunch of posts and a bunch of images which are done at our minimum supported resolution anybody who runs higher than that will actually see more uh, on screen at any given time. So that was... Hell no yeah! Yeah, so instead of seeing, you know, say 9 Mac, uh, battle mechs, which you see in the mockups, you could see up to 24 potentially, depending on how high your resolution is or whatever. Uh, the other thing, too, Let's is just <laughs> the onboarding process is, is, is not streamlined. Right now, uh, we don't have that new user flow. We're not able to lock out elements uh, easily, and it's just part of training the player. And the new UI really allows us to do that in a very simple way, scripted way. Uh, and it's just all that, plus communicating information to the player, like why is one weapon better than the other? Why is one mech better than the other? The compare tool that we have in the new UI, uh, again, you can see a lot of mockups with it in there. Is out of this world like all the data that's been hidden to the users no we have not been hiding it from you on purpose it's just we haven't (laughs) had the ability to show it to you until now and so we've been really focusing on trying to uh, expose all the data that's relevant to the player that's important to the player so yeah that's those are the three big things
1: i was gonna say this is a big change though because i mean for those that haven't been here since the beginning i'm talking closed beta when you first sent out the invites uh the ui in in the mech lab is Pretty much been the same you guys have changed a few things here or there but in general i mean this is probably your biggest change as far as visually from one system to the next i mean it's not like a little you know nip is. so i'm really excited one because i have a large monitor and i've been wanting that and i'm like why are oh my gosh please and so i just want to say thank you thank yeah, you no doubt
0: highly anticipated yes and something that i'm completely looking forward to as well so It seems that UI 2.0 is uh, basically going to simplify, organize, and in general improve upon the current UI. Does this sound correct to you guys? Is there anything else that it does?
2: Yeah, that's that's the core bit about it. Uh, It also, uh, there's some under the hood things we can't do currently with our store. Uh, For example, people buy items and they can't find them or they can't sell them or they can't get rid of them. That's something that we're fixing with this new UI so there's actually quite a bit of back-end engineering that's happening to allow us to uh, more easily display and allow players to manage their inventory as a whole uh, along with a much more consistent buying interface uh, so that players go to an actual store uh, if they want to where all of the collective store items exist. Uh, including the marketing pieces that you see on the front home page. Those will go away, they won't be in your face to start. Those will actually be moved to the store, which makes it more contextual. So if you're not really trying to buy something, you don't have to look at it. And that that current homepage you have in the uh, 1.5 UI will actually turn into your player homepage, page, uh, which will have more interesting things like your stats, and more about you. So things like that uh, we're not able to do now. Uh, we will be able to do going forward uh, and then things like just uh, you know we run events and sales online every week it's extremely intensive it requires downtime things like that don't uh, th- that will all be alleviated with ui 2.0 and the back end work we'll be able to deliver bundles uh, within the game uh,
1: which is really awesome
0: see this is just huge oh, so n-
1: no more having to shut down the server to implement the weekend sale sort of thing yeah that's correct in fact we don't have
2: to do nearly as much marketing about it because we'll just put the bundle into the store you'll see there'll be a countdown timer telling you when it's going to come on sale and then there'll be a timer showing you how long it's on sale for it allows to do weekly hourly daily all that stuff
1: now from the design perspective i'm talking about like the aesthetic design Um, obviously i know you you were saying it has to be a little bit more efficient Um, what was your goal with ui 2.0 i mean not only aesthetics but just like the colors and i know a lot of people have been asking about you know hey i i we we do have some people out there that are you know disabled and have you know color blindness and stuff like that have you guys taken that into consideration with your aesthetics and the overall colors
2: yeah uh it's definitely more of an issue in the hud um, and something that will happen afterwards uh, allowing players to choose the color for their hud that's going to be a separate uh evolution uh, after we deal with uh, 2.0 uh, the aesthetics are just to make it uh, very easy to read uh, very functional uh, very easy to navigate consistent uh, and kind of pull upon the existing theme we have with the orange and the blue uh, and just kind of make it stylized like a computer screen you know with the original one we really went that military look uh, and very small elements tiny little scroll bars and everything like that crammed everything into these little screens and, well Maybe it's very cool looking at some level and very aesthetic at some level. It was very hard for new users to actually find and understand what the heck they were doing. So with this UI, we've made things a little bit bigger, put a little bit more information on the screen, but made it completely contextual, and the art kind of reflects that as well, trying to just make the the elements a little bit more simple and readable overall.
1: Now, what is, um, from the like your your challenge uh, what is what has been the biggest challenge with design in the ui has it been a technical um has it been something like in cry engine um has it just been able to just sort of get the flow correctly i mean what, what to you personally has been the biggest issue and uh how did you overcome that uh, I think the flow for sure is one of the, the most challenging parts was trying to break down the
2: logic of each screen and the process that a player would go through trying to identify what the needs are for that player in each screen. So, hey, when I go and want to play with my max, what is it I'm trying to do? And what, what's the most important thing that I see? And we tried to boil that down early on and make sure we got those core elements designed first. And then actually interacting with the community was one of the biggest challenges we had. Uh, it's been really fun, but it's been... It's been a very interesting process seeing uh, the different uh, different types of players and what they require. They're they're quite opposite. Like some people want minimalistic, some people want an amazing amount of detail. So we've tried we've tried our best to present the minimalistic approach and allow the players uh, the ability to really drill down into depth as, as needed, but make that information more of a discovery process. And so, as an example, all the um, the tool tips uh, uh, would that show things like pitch angles, and rotation degrees, and all that stuff, and you know, min max uh, ranges, and fall-offs, all that information that a new player uh, probably won't understand is, is one step uh, removed so that a player who really needs that information, that, that core player, that experienced player, can find it, but it doesn't clutter up the UI and it's not always present.
1: I was going to well, say, then... Go what you're talking about specifically has to do with the uh... I think it started over Reddit did not someone was doing a mock-up of, hey, this mech can pitch this way and it can have, you know, all... Anyways, and you guys seem to have taken that idea and actually implemented it. And I've seen screenshots and I was really excited because that's the type of information I've wanted forever for all the mechs. That way I can say, oh, okay, the Centurion and the Hunchback, here's the two differences when it comes to both 50-ton mechs, like as far as their twist uh, angles and speed and all that. So I've wanted that information for a while. That's right, there's some great websites out there that have been doing that, uh, kind of filling in that need for the community,
2: so we really appreciate their hard work on that. And uh, now we're trying to bring some of what they've done into the game, uh, based on essentially player feedback and requests, like, hey, I really want to see this, it's really important to me. Okay, so uh, the process has been, we tried to be as detailed as possible, we have engaged the community and you know, got you know, hundreds and hundreds of replies back on what we posted, and we've iterated and quickly integrated that feedback as best we can. Uh, For the most part, it's very positive, so it's been enjoyable.
1: Um, I did have one last question uh, just me personally I know this has been brought up um, a few times and I don't know if you guys uh, answered this specifically but when it comes to the mech lab I know a lot of people have wanted to see like their actual mech warrior standing like at the base of their mech or just like moving around is that something you guys have considered or is that any part of the design that we may possibly see or is it like "Ah, and it's not really it doesn't fit into the overall thing
2: yeah we're gonna we absolutely love that idea uh to get UI 2.0 as quickly as possible, we're probably going to reuse the existing drop bay that we have just to get the interface, the front end interface out. But we're definitely going to retool the back end, the behind the scenes uh, 3D world that exists, and that's something we can look at doing is tossing that pilot model in there and giving you uh, a garage view, if you will, which allows you to rotate around your Mac and just get rid of the UI entirely, so you can just enjoy your awesome TV. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, I, I remember someone was we were sitting around playing and uh we were talking about you know it'd be really cool you know your mech was staying in there and then when you hit launch you know he's actually climbing up the you know, little ladder and getting in the mech and then obviously it can fade out any time, but just all those little things. I know a lot of people have loved the, you know, Bitch and Betty voice, the startup, and those little things, and, I, and I'm just, just me personally, I, I would love to see that. But uh, anyways, any is there any post UI 2.0 related upgrades on the horizon, anything you can talk about or anything that you just want to mention before uh, we end here? Uh, I think the, <laughs> the biggest thing that UI 2.0
2: unlocks for us is it's it's kind of i've used this analogy before in interviews because we're building a pyramid right and we built the ground floor and we're building the second floor right now ui 2.0 builds the third floor and then you know community warfare sits on top of that and some other stuff uh it really opens up our ability to uh put in like the training modes it really opens up things like the lobby uh and uh some of the achievement systems and it's just this this key that's going to open up a whole slew of new features that are going to come out after its release so i'm really excited to get it out uh, and available to the to the users because then we can kind of move on and start kind of progressing forward in the future chain. So it's a bit of a bottleneck for us right now, and I'm just trying really excited to get out of the way and into the players'
1: hands. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all that information, guys. Uh, Paul, do you have anything uh, last? Uh, you know that you would like to say to everyone? Uh, not really. Just listening. Uh, to you're hungry, Brian's? Yeah, oh, I'm very hungry.
3: Are you going to share with <laughs>
1: us what you're going to get to eat?
3: I'm thinking Mexi Fries. Mm-hmm.
2: I think Paul is scared right now because everything I just told him he had no idea about. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, he's he's going I shit. I am calling meetings right now. He's, <laughs> like,
1: he's like, oh, great. Uh, no dates were given, though, so that's always a benefit. I remember we'd we screw around on Brian and be like, Brian, No dates. No dates. Can't do dates, uh, but anyways, I know uh, a lot of people are looking forward to this. I know a lot of people wish that this would have happened a few months ago. I know that was a, a big, uh, you know, question: why did it take so long? And obviously, as game development is uh, one of those things that. Um, you know Gotta do Being right. on the outside Yeah and plus things crop up You don't expect stuff You have delays But hey overall I'm looking forward to it Hopefully you guys are looking forward to it And I just want to say Thank you again Brian and Paul For taking the time out of your day To be here And I look forward to having you guys On NGNG Podcast And in future Max devs and beer And uh, I think we may even try Some Google Hangouts So we may have to get you guys Some, uh, some cameras And uh, you know Go from there But uh, thank you again Uh, If I could just do, actually do say
3: one more thing and Brian's probably going to kill me. It's just that I'll give you a little bit of a... Go right ahead. I am looking into normalizing pulse lasers. All of them.
1: And would you like to, (laughs) would you like to elaborate like what you mean by that? Nope. Oh, just leave it hanging alright cliffhanger it's Paul All what right. do you expect to the forums know, you,
2: know, you know why I said that because he's at the office and I'm at home right now and he knows <laughs> I can't
1: reach that far <laughs> alright well awesome guys there you go a little bit of uh, tidbit obviously we have no idea what Paul is talking about because he didn't tell us and I guess we'll just have to wait for a command share post uh, but, or maybe an AMA or something like that but anyways guys thank you again and uh, yeah, I just want to say, make sure to check us out on Facebook, guys. We're up to like 3,762 likes. It's a great way for us to get information directly to you. If you head over there, I post up stuff all the time. And the cool thing is now with our new website, I'm posting a lot of the stuff that I did on Facebook, and I couldn't post on our website before. Stuff like mech porn of the day, and uh, anytime I get a YouTube video, I can share stuff. Insta- Anyways, really, really cool. It's great that we actually have that ability now to post via Facebook facebook and our website Uh, but make sure to head over there give us a like and of course head over to our youtube channel i'm actually gonna be working on a lot of uh, videos this uh, weekend i've got some uh playthroughs with some aces members some lone wolves we were doing matches last night some light matches heavies and stuff like that And of course, I'll be doing some more mech commander uh, gold videos and of course some ride-along videos I know there's a few people that have asked about a few particular mech designs that I'm going to share But I just like to say thank you to everyone our community our staff members and of course to Brian and Paul for being here and to well mama bear aka beardo aka the beard I did want to remind those of
0: us, those of you in the uh, live audience right now, we are doing the IGP stream tonight at the official MechWarrior channel, so be sure to uh, tune in if you can, Twitch TV. Yeah. It's
1: in an hour and a half, so we'll be kicking that off. But anyways, guys, this has been your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mech Devs, and Beer podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. And this is Darren. Until next time, MechWarriors.